Hello, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels Podcast, where we find truly terrible movies and give them all the attention they don't deserve. Each episode, we'll discuss exactly what made such a horrible sequel, from casting to budget to just plain bad writing. While we all love a great movie, there's something just a little more fun about watching a seriously stupid sequel. Now, while there are plenty of awful sequels out there, we have a few guidelines about the kind of movies we'll be reviewing here. We're talking about direct-to-video, made-for-TV, never-appeared-in-a-theater sequels. The ones the studios gave up on before they even started. This week, my guest is Vino, and we'll be discussing Fox and the Hound 2, the sequel to Fox and the Hound, based on the novel by uh, Daniel Maddox, which was written in 1967. Hello, Vino. How Hi. are you doing? I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm good. So, in a small departure from how we usually go in this podcast, I would like to tell the story of how we met, because it's just weird enough. Um, I met my guest on Tinder. I know what you're thinking. It's not that. Um... <laughs> Uh, so he had a blog in which it was 50 first dates, essentially. And it was like, hey, want to go on 50 first dates? It's just for my blog. And I was like, yeah, okay. And all of my friends were convinced you were crazy and that I was crazy. And they were right. <laughs> ah! And uh, as he put it, he met the love of his life. So now he's my podcast guest. Yeah. And have a great time. <laughs> yeah. And I just poured hot chocolate all over my own podcast mic. Mm. I'm a professional. All right, um, so well, you picked this movie. Like, truck on through. I'm going to truck on through. Awesome. Uh, so you picked this podcast, like this movie, yes. two months ago. You yes. were ready. I, I was really uh, stoked for this. I was a huge fan of Fox and the Hound 1 as a kid. I never saw 2, and for this podcast, I watched it twice, and I regretted it both times. I'm so sorry. I yeah. watched it twice, too. Oh, awesome. I was I was talking to someone, or I was talking to my mom, and I was like, oh, we're doing Fox and the Hound. I don't really remember it. She's like, that was legitimately your favorite movie as a child. I'm what? like... I have no memory of this. I know it's about a fox and a hound who are the best of friends, and then they aren't. So did you watch the original one again? I or? did. Okay. I rewatched, I do sequel, original sequel. That's my process. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, I did original sequel, sequel. Oh, see, yeah. sometimes I do the original again, just like get the tasted bad out of my mouth. That's probably That helps idea. a lot with really bad ones. I had to do that for uh, Cruel Intentions and American Psycho. Gotcha. I, I don't want to get into it right now, but I thought the original one, after watching it again, uh, was also not a great movie. It's, it's like Bambi, where you're like, oh, cute animals. Nothing's it, really happening. Yeah, and then it, like an hour goes by, and then there's a fire. Yeah. That's so it's pretty much exactly Bambi. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie, not in the sequel and the, the original, less happens. In the sequel, stupid stuff happens. Yeah. That has very little to do with the fox or hound. Yep, it's pretty much just cartoon at mayhem. Yeah. Okay, um, so anyway. we're going we're gonna to talk about the original a little bit, and then we'll get into the sequel, because that's what you're all here for. So the original came out in 1981 with a budget of 12 million, which at the time was the most expensive animated film to ever be produced, and it made 63.5 million back. Um, it got a 69 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel like is low mm. for the time. Especially for Disney, yeah. Exactly, but the sequel only got a 20%. It's not surprising. Which feels too high. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the movie is a not so subtle allegory about race relations. Like, they're just two kids, and they want to have fun, but they're different because the adults say so, so they can't be friends. Wah, wah, wah. One has to murder the other. Wah, wah, wah. You know what, Disney? You made Song of the South. Just because you made Fox and the Hound in 1981 doesn't mean we forgot that. We're not cool? We're not cool? No. Okay. We're not cool. You made you made Frog Princess, and then we were cool, but it okay. took a while. No, that's not very cool. 
Um, so the original features voice actors like Mickey Rooney, Kurt Russell, Pearl Bailey, Sandy Duncan, um, Pat Buttram, and Corey Feldman as young Copper. Mm-hmm. He sounds unrecognizable. Yeah, I didn't. Just pure toddler. I didn't see it until after. Pure baby. I didn't hear it until after, yeah. It was the last Disney film to have the involvement of the Disney Nine Old Men, which if you don't know, was essentially the Disney dream team. They made um, kind of the first generation of Disney movies that really, um, they brought about the Disney renaissance in the 80s and 90s. They really helped Disney out of its post-war depression and really saved the company. Um, This was kind of the transition between the old guard and the new. It was um, actually Don Bluth. This was the last movie he did before he flipped to Fox Studios, which was a huge deal because he took like 30% of the staff with him. And that was a huge upset because you were taking all of Disney's techniques and all of his teachings and all of his apprentices and taking them to Fox. It was a huge deal. Um, They had to pull in some last minute animators to animate some characters in the second half of the movie, including Tim Burton. Really? Who animated the female Fox and nothing else. Wow. He was like, I don't think this Disney shit's for me. I'll finish this character but and then I'm, I'm out. pretty into this fox, so. Pretty into this gothic fox, as yeah. he put it. I'm like, she did have eyeliner, to be fair. I, see, I didn't really see a gothic influence much, but I wasn't looking at it with a Tim Burton eye. No, I read that first and I'm like, that does look like something Tim Burton. No, it doesn't. It looks like a fox. <laughs> um, but it was kind of, he jumped in and was like, I don't like this, and he left. <laughs> um, so... Um, when John Booth left, he looked, took 15 other animators with him, which pushed the release of the film back, which is this huge upset. You didn't push the release of Disney films. They never did that. Um, which is kind of why I think maybe this movie didn't have much happen in it, because there was so much happening beyond the sets, or beyond the recording studio. Um, it features five songs, the most well-known of which is Best of Friends. Um, it's also the last Disney film to have the extended opening credits, where it has, like, just like landscape, landscape, names, 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 and then no closing credits. This is the last movie to do that. Um, it was also the last Disney movie with the Buena Vista logo. They flipped fully to Disney um, Studios after that. Um, just a weird, small coincidence, and it's also because Disney likes to reuse voice actors. John Fielder is the voice of the porcupine in the original, and he's the voice of Piglet in Winnie the Pooh. And Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, plays Waylon and Floyd in the sequel. Really? About that Winnie and Pooh life, yeah. Waylon and Floyd are the dumb... The, the dumb Basset Hound twins. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this one is not technically a sequel. It is yet another midquel. A midquel that doesn't make sense chronologically at all with the sense of the first movie. No, not really. Um, when Todd and Copper are young kids who are friends, which... Just everything that happens in this movie would mean the second half of Fox and the Hound wouldn't happen. Right. Frankly. Um, it features voice actors like uh, Reba McIntyre as Dixie and Patrick Swayze as Cash. That's Patrick Swayze. Yeah, don't you feel bad for them? They got so much money, so no. I, I mean, just like, especially since kids went to this movie to see, you know, the Fox and the Hound being cute and they're... And they saw Dixie and Cash. Spend most of the time doing their <laughs> stuff, but... If I was Ruby McIntyre or if I was Patrick Swayze, and I, I would feel like I was second band to these kids that didn't even do anything in the movie. It's like the fox and the hound, not Dixie and Cash. Yeah, but also, also what these actors always say is like, I wanted to do a movie that my kids could watch. Like, mm. that's like whenever you see like, you know, Alan Cummings in like a kid's movie, you're like, what the hell? And he's like, I wanted something my little cousins could watch because they can't watch half the shit I'm in. I'm like, fair. That's what uh, Billy Joel said about Oliver and Company love all of our company me too i'm so happy there's not a sequel to it but i'm kind of sad because i'll never get to review it for this <laughs> podcast 
Um, so this sequel has 12 songs, as it's largely just a recording opportunity for Reba McIntyre. Yeah. That's pretty much what this movie was for. Um, and it is the final film to use Walt Disney Pictures Presents. Really? The, You're talking about the sequel? Yes. Okay. So the first one was the last one to use it. It was the first one to use it, and the sequel was the last one to use it, okay. which is just a weird... Very bookend. Yeah. Weird bookend. Um, and Cash is named after the country singer Johnny Cash. Yeah. All right. So what made you love the original so much? I really love the um, kind of tension and darkness of it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to see a smidgen of that in the sequel. Nope. Yeah, not even not even a tiny bit. Nope. Um, there's a total lack of any sort of menace in any, anything that happens in the second movie at all. Even when there's... A gun involved, it's always pointed like 90 degrees away from any living thing at all times. Literally, there's a situation where dozens of people should be dying. Yeah. And and it's treated as a joke. Yeah. It's They're a, like, oh man. I'm like, this is devastating. Why are y'all laughing this off? Yeah, everything's. Also, because I've been watching nothing just... since it's Fox and the Hound for three days, I'm going to say y'all, apparently. Yeah, that's I don't know where thing. that came from. Um, It's a very affected Southern movie, if that makes sense. I feel like they were fighting yes. the. the uh, What's the good old boy demographic? Yeah, it was very hard. like Carrie Underwood country. Yeah, very. I guess Jeff Fox was in it too. Yeah. Um, do you remember who he was in that movie? I think he's the voice of the talent scout. Is he? Okay, I can see that. I think he's John Staff. That um, that character also didn't seem to have much of a reason to exist. Except for the last three minutes later. of the movie. Yeah, he's just there, or the rest of the time he's just getting hurt. Yeah. But anyway. With a Girl Scout. Yeah. Um, so in the original, it's, I mean, the movie opens with the mother being shot. You're just like, oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. And it doesn't get better either. It doesn't get better. And it's just like so depressing, so depressing. Um, the widow adopts a fox. I'm like, what's a widow, mommy? Oh, shit. Now yeah. I have to explain widow to my four-year-old. Um, a copper is kind of like brought in by this gruff hunter who you can tell is not kind to animals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Chief, who's like the gruff hunting dog. The two little fox and hound just want to be friends, and they want to be the best of friends, and no, they say. They're literally friends for a day in the movie before they're pulled apart. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand where in the timeline the sequel was supposed to happen. Well, another thing that I thought was kind of weird about Fox and the Hound 2 is that the events of Fox and the Hound 2 take place over, like, maybe 12 hours. Yeah! you notice that? Yeah. That they, like, they say, let's go to the fair. It's a single day. And within, like, an hour, Todd's all mad because he's yeah. been abandoned by his friend, but really he just hasn't seen him in, like, an hour. Pretty much. So that's pretty needy on Todd's part, I thought. They are children. Even so. <laughs> they are I mean, quite literally children. That's true. <laughs> um, so there's a bunch of... Honestly, if you took out all of the bird and caterpillar bits in Fox and the Hound, the movie would be about 40 minutes shorter. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> there's, there's a lot of just... Filler in Fox and the Hound mm-hmm. to do with animals being adorable. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to get too into it too fast, but uh, speaking of filler, they took out Big Mama as a character. They brought back almost every character. And they they, they took out, like, the two bird characters who were hilarious. I'm not going to remember their names right now. They kind of kept the caterpillar and turned him into a cricket. Yeah. Same, like, big cartoon eyes and doesn't do anything except for... Run away. Yeah, run away from... And they took away Big Mama, who's like 90% of the first movie. Yeah, most of the dialogue in terms of... But to be fair, the movie does take place mostly in the day. Huh. Maybe Big Mama will sleep. Yeah, she might have just been happy. Yeah, that's a good point. She wakes up at the end of the movie, what the hell did y'all get up to? (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't sleep! (laughs) 
You people can't keep it together. Right. That's why this happened. Always have. You think it'd be cute if they had like a little cameo. I wonder if there was some restriction that they couldn't put Big Mom in the movie. Like you think she'd be in a tree somewhere at some point? I almost wonder if it was a situation of, can we hire a black woman in the year 2006 to put on that voice? Because you know they had a white actress do it for the first movie. Is that so? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even tell. But then again, I'm a white person, so I'm... Yeah, that's like how in the Mulan sequel, they hired a white guy to do the Eddie Murphy impression in the sequel. It's like, Mm. ooh, that makes it a little bit racist now. (laughs) It wasn't, and then it was, just like that. What are you going to do? Just not have Mushu? He was... True. Anyway, I don't want to get into that, because it's a different (sighs) podcast, but... Disney sequels. They're a little bit racist. A little bit. (laughs) Um... It's just so much easier to write. You have to understand. Take it from a white person. We don't know what you guys are up to. You like. know what? I half understand what you're talking about, okay. and I'm half offended. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll take half. Okay, so here we go. Into the sequel. Immediately, the color palette alone of, like, the first three seconds, I'm like, this is a different movie. Oh, yeah. It's bright. It's vivid. It's I literally saturated. said. It's, yeah. I literally wrote, it went from Deliverance to Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's still, like, down-home country, but it's a whole other kind of country. Yeah. This country is quaint and adorable and not terrifying in the deep dark of the woods. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the Appalachian scary country. This is like, tee-hee, there's a country fair around the corner and everybody talks like this. There's a giant pig. (laughs) Who sings with a really high-pitched voice and a little pig who sings with a deep voice. (laughs) We'll get into it. Yeah. So the, the animation is, like, overly plasticky looking and the CGI is just like, so y'all had no budget. No, yeah. The, um, one thing I noted that the CGI often will run at a different frame rate than the animation. Yeah. Making it look extremely jarring. It's so crazy. It's like all of the carnival rides were CGI mm-hmm. against a painted background. I'm like, yep. these things don't exist in the same universe. Yeah, it looks wrong. The painted background is different than the foreground, like the, the foreground characters. So even that's jarring. But yeah. we have the CGI and it's like, Three different studios worked on this and then just so shifted creepy. in without anyone paying attention. They wanted to give this a studio release. Really? This movie is 68 minutes long. And that's including like credits. That's including credits. The credits are a good nine minutes. So this movie is under an hour long. Man. And that's why that's the only reason I'm like, oh, there's no more plot in it. I'm like, really? There wasn't much plot in the whole thing anyway, but you went with that. Yeah. Um, so... This movie is a lot more, like, frantic and playful, where the last one felt a lot, like, darker, like, contemplative. Like, mm-hmm. we live here out in the wilderness, and we became animals ourselves. And yeah. this was just like, ha we're playing against a butterfly. Yay! Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, the first one's a lot more Don Bluth. It is. It's a lot more Saturday morning Disney. Don Bluth, goddammit. You took your darkness, and you made Anastasia, which, as of today, is now a Disney princess. Is she? Because Disney bought Fox. They can just buy princesses, huh? Well, you know who's also a princess? And I fully stole this from Reddit, so don't give me shit. So, the Alien franchise belongs to Fox. There's an Alien Queen. Does that mean the Alien itself? The Alien Queen is a Disney princess. Wow. Interesting. Like Leah and Padme. Is that... And Anastasia. So, this is probably already established, but that means Leia's a Disney princess? She is. Okay, and she... So, Todd and Copper are chasing a cricket. I will warn you now... I will continually flip Todd and Copper's names. But it's because I feel like Copper makes way more sense as a name for a fox. Really? I thought Copper is a classic dog name. Like a copper color. Sure, but, you know, old Copper here, he's been around the family for ten years. I know, and it does make sense, but, like, I'm going to name you Todd because you're like a toddler. Which is literally the reason the the widow gives for naming him Todd. I'm like, 
as he is literally an infant now, yes, I... Maybe she just names everything she gets toddler. I'm going to name this bird Feathery because he's all feathery. <laughs> oh, Widow Tweed. What's your name? It's Widow because my husband died. What was your name before that? Wife? Wife oh. Tweed. I wore a lot of tweed. <laughs> oh, this poor woman. So they're chasing a the cricket around. Uh, they're being adorable. Um, they There's do this thing almost called... Almost immediately the sock breath joke. Yeah. It's like this kind of gross out humor that starts... Your bed smells like dirty socks. Ha ha. Exactly. Um, just right off the bat, it's a wholly different kind of humor. Yeah. Uh, there was... I wouldn't say there was much humor at all in the first one, except for the birds chasing the worm. Yeah. That's why the birds existed purely for the comic relief, to keep yeah, the movie Yeah, otherwise it was just like non-stop... Depression. Yeah, shooting this happening to animals. And they do this adorable thing where they like shake on it, because like people oh, shake like, hands, no. yeah. but they, they shake because they're dogs. And, and foxes. And as an added bonus, after they shake, the fox poofs up. It's a great he, visual he poof, and And the dog's ears are all flopped to one side. They only do the joke six times, guys. Yep. One please, time, please literally. Put this on a t-shirt. Please sell it. Literally two minutes apart from each other. Literally, they do shake on it. There are four lines of dialogue, and then they do shake on it again, in case you forgot how adorable it was. Yeah, it was extremely cute. <sighs> Painfully so. Painfully cute. Name of the episode. Um, also, a lot of like wacky faces, just so, in general, as like so, so a, many. Yeah, there's just a beat where there normally would be a joke, and the character just makes a uh face or something like that. Yeah, I think that might be a. I don't know who started that. Was that Pixar that started doing that first? I think it's more DreamWorks. Oh, I was gonna say DreamWorks. That's what DreamWorks. Yeah. There's literally like the DreamWorks face, which is like yeah, that yeah, snarky the, smile with the like eyebrow, one eyebrow and, and like every character in a, Pixar, in a DreamWorks movie does it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, literally, as you guys know, one of the parts of our podcast is favorite quotes. I had a lot of trouble with the sequel because there's hardly any lines. Um, it's just a lot of visual humor. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Humor. I definitely have a favorite being quote. Being generous. Yeah, I should give an hour later. Yeah. Um, we do it where, oh, well, we do it at the very end. Okay. Um, so they see that a carnival is coming into town. They see all the cars go by. They see, you CGI know. cars. CGI cars. Yep. Painfully so. They see a big old pig go by. They see a bunch of big pumpkins. They see the freak show. And they hear the singing strays who have their own tour bus. I'm like, for dogs? Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Copper almost gets hit by a car, but Todd saves him. He literally trips over his own ears, which he yeah. does a lot in this movie. <sighs> so what do you think the point was of the uh, Todd saving Copper scene? Because at the very end of the first one, Copper saves Todd. You think that's it? You I think, think it's that's like what a it was. Circle thing? I think it was like you saved my life once. I shall save you now. Okay, you saved me in the future. I'm yeah. gonna save you now. Okay. I think it's just like like we've always been watching out for each other. Like okay. remember how depressing the old one was? Look, we almost killed a dog. No, we didn't. Um. Now hold on, because I don't want to like, get bogged down. But the first one, the fox saved the hound, and the hound saves the fox, and the fox saves the hound again. Yeah. So I feel like they're, I think they're square. They're square now. Movie. Yeah. Which is why they just walk away at the end. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> The end of that movie is so depressing. It's, it's like, great because they're not friends anymore. Literally, the end is, like, I won't it. kill you. I won't kill you. Are we going to be friends again? No. We are fox and we are hounds. Sad walk away. Exactly. I thought that was that was one of the reasons I liked that movie so much. <gasps> what? Because it wasn't like Disney saccharin, you know? No, it, it, it weirdly doesn't fit in with like the Disney, like, because even Bambi, which is depressing as fuck, has a happy ending, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Yeah. Which is just like, he's king of the forest now. We. This one is like, well, we got attacked by a husk of a forest. We got attacked by a bear, and no one died. Except the bear. 
Except, except the bear, which seemed unfair. Bear, for some reason, isn't anthropomorphic in this movie. Or no. In movie. Literally all the other animals talked in that movie. The porcupine, the badger, and the badger was an asshole. Yeah, and the bear's just bear's a just monster. Fucking a angry. monster. It's that. like the shark in Little Mermaid. How come he didn't talk? Mm, makes you think. Racist. A little bit. Because he was a black bear. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. So they decide they're going to go to the carnival together. Um, the widow got some work done because she looks like a different woman. A little bit. Um, um, still has the sort of... Yeah, she's a little more curvy, don't you think? Yeah, she's, she's less lumpy and more curvy. Yeah. Um, both of their houses got some work done because they're just like brightly painted adorable houses rather than like the ramshackle shacks they were in the original. Yeah, they're also a lot closer together, it seems like. Yeah. Like they're they're like literally the they, were, they can look from one house to the other. Yeah, like and the first to one each they other. had to drive each other's house. They had to drive to threaten each other. It was yeah. a, it was a journey. Um, and just obviously all of the characters are, but Chief was so clearly oh the original actor, the actor watched the original and is just doing an impression, isn't he? Yeah, but but it was just like he's not doing it quite right. I thought I thought Chief's was the best impression of all of them, to be honest. Um, actually, no, wait, uh, Amos and, uh, Widow Tweed, I thought they were pretty good. Like, them, like, obviously I know they're different actors because the movies are 20 years apart, but, like, yeah, Chief, I'm like, years. 25. Yeah. But, like, Chief, I'm like, that's a different person. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, the Hunter's much nicer. He's more Everyone's just like, much nicer. he's just like, get off my lawn! There's a lot less shotguns in, he holds a gun. Yeah. Does he ever fire it? He fires it in, into comical, in comical ways. Like, he'll fire it into his own hat. Yes. He'll fire it into the air. Like he, I was saying earlier, at it, every given point, anytime he's pointing the gun, it's always 90 degrees away from any living thing. Yeah. Whereas in the first one, he's just shooting chickens, foxes, left and right. Just yeah. something moves, he shoots it. And which, he's trying to kill things. Whereas yes. in this movie, he's trying to, like... He's a scary. hunter. Well, <laughs> like I said, the first movie, he had literally a wheelbarrow full of animal corpses during the hunting Oh, trip. just piled three feet high. Yeah, dead the, animals. Dead animals on that. And even just at home... In his little shack, he just keeps a bunch of animal skins. And just nailed to the walls. Just nailed to the walls for... That's what for happens parents. when men try to interior decorate. Exactly. I'm going to nail dead things to the wall. Um. But in this one, yeah, he just seems to want to teach his dog how to hunt uh, for the joy of chasing animals and then howling at them. Yes. You, oh, because he's like, if you catch it, you just howl at yeah, it. I'm you, like, <laughs> Chase no. down this rabbit and you give him a howl. And then there's a cute howl. Hello, hello. Yeah. I might drop that in because it is a very cute tiny is that dog your cowl. Line? No. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, so. Um so he's trying to teach uh Copper how to be a hunting dog, and he's like, now I'm gonna tie this sack of flour to Chief, but I drew a bunny face on it. Cause that gives it the scent of a rabbit. Yeah. No, because we can't imply that he's actually hurting a harm harming an animal. Uh so he slaps Chief on the butt, Chief goes running off. Copper's trying to track the scent of a bag of flour, y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I keep saying y'all. I can't stop That's now. It is. And Copper's like, following it, following it, following it. Sharp right. Oh, he's a bad dog. He can't do it. So sad. And the hunter calls him as useful as a milk bucket under a bowl. That's our first of many, 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 many analogies. I stopped writing them down because it was just... There were so yeah, many. Yeah, I watched it the second time, I was going to do a count, and then I was just... I rewound interest at some point. Yeah, I rewound one part of this movie to do a count, and I was like, it wasn't worth a joke. Yeah. Um, um, so he's 
in the original, he's like original. He's just like naturally a really good hunting dog. Well, that's he's like, a dog. Yeah, he's like, look at him. Too, yeah. And that's why Chief is jealous. He's like, he's a better hunting dog than me. Mm-hmm. And this one, he's just like, I can't smell anything. And Chief's like, well, I got fourth place in the state fair. I like, legitimately thought that was a good, good like joke. The whole like fourth, like being so proud of yeah, fourth exactly. place and, was a little adorable. Yeah, and he got it again. He's like, next year we're going for the three-peat. I thought that was a great line. <laughs> so cute. I, think he's, I thought he said, next, time, next year we're going for the three. Oh, I think. Like, I'm going to aim okay. for third. <laughs> I think it's even funny that he would, like, aim to get fourth yet again. That'd be so like funny. Four, three times. Yes. Um, so, he accidentally tracks the hunter to Todd. Because mm-hmm. he goes, you remember just when you find something, how? And he goes, like this? And he just howls in front of his boxer. And his boxer's like, not me, you idiot! Um, why didn't he run away? Because. Well, because he knows he's not in danger. No. Like, as they establish later... The fox isn't at all afraid of the hunter. Copper, this is the sequel. We're fine. Yeah. Um, I already know we're going to live. And they literally do the same slapstick stunt that they did in the first one, yeah. where the fox yeah. runs through the barn, and he upsets all the chickens, and they kick over the milk bucket, and then they just add 13 more layers of slapstick on top of it. Yeah, it never ends. Because he, the bucket gets caught on his head, and then he gets the bucket off his head, and he's backwards on a cow, and then he runs into a beehive, and then he gets the beehive off his head, and it catapults him into the pig pile. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, it's all these things. And at a certain point, even the fox and the dog and the other dog are, like, watching this in amazement. And they're friends now because they're watching all the mayhem. Yeah. That, that's a joke. They're literally so, just sitting off inside like, ha, ha, this is funny. Yeah. I hope the kids are liking it. Great, great uh, physical humor, guys. Mm-hmm. And the widow's very mad because she fucked up his barn. Mm-hmm. Legitimate grievance. Sure. And she takes her fresh-baked pie. It's literally still seeming on the windowsill. And smacks him in the face with it. I'm like, that's a waste of a pie. Not only that, is it a waste of a pie just in general, like as a pie in the face humor, but the fact that he was already covered in pig shit, to me, means The pie is an advantage. It's not, yeah, it's not as humiliating as it normally would be. No. He's literally covered in pig shit. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha, fresh blueberries. (laughs) No! (laughs) He'll stain my rags. Um, So... Because Copper was such a bad hunting dog, he decides he's not taking him to the fair. Um, Copper literally makes big sad puppy eyes. His eyes are 90% of his face for that frame. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we'll get him next year. And then he literally, their their little dog houses are barrels. So he literally puts him over a barrel. I thought that was so funny. I literally laughed when I saw that scene where the, the fox goes, he's got you over a barrel, huh? Because it's literally a dog I over just, a I, barrel. <laughs> I'm not afraid to give credit where it's due. I laughed at a pun in a, in a Disney movie. It's one that of the better jokes in the movie. I'll give yeah. it that. Um, so Todd tries to make him feel better. He's not very good at it. So he's like, we're going to go to the carnival. And he pops his collar right off of him, which is important later. Yeah, story point. And they go running off to the fair. How do they know where it is? We don't know. Um, this movie is just punny, 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 punny. You can't go because you're all tied up. He's got you over a barrel. We're going to have a barrel of laughs. Barrel, a barrel of fun. Just stop. Stop. It's unbearable. That one was mine. It was. Kid decided if I'm impressed or angry. Well, that one wasn't even in my notes, so I think it's less. Okay, anyway. then I'm impressed. If you wrote it down ahead of time, I give you less credit. <laughs> so the carnival is just all the animations together, and it looks so wrong. Oh, yeah. It's a painted animation with an animated foreground with 
CGI moving carnival rides and all the people are animated. Mm -hmm. Main characters aren't, yeah. It's so bad. Lighting is inconsistent, as you would expect from like different studios just throwing things together at the last minute. There's no shadows. Yeah. Did you notice that? It's During like the d- nighttime scenes, there's some. But yeah, usually there's, there's all flat. In in the daytime, there is just light in all directions. Like everyone's carrying around bounce cards. Mm-hmm. There's there's no shadows at this fair. Yeah. Just light. Just Which I didn't like. I'm like, why does it look so fast? Oh, because there's no shadows. Yeah. Um, it's that Saturday morning cartoon gate cheapness. Uh, that's one of the main things that you can... Which I have to say, the animation in the original is gorgeous. That original, like, ink and pen drawing is beautiful. Depressing, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, So they hear the singing strays, and so uh, Todd says it sounds like someone stepped on their own tail. (laughs) Um, And then there's the sexy dog, Dixie. Um, She's like a mashup of Lady from Lady and the Tramp and Georgette from Oliver and Company. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I also thought a little bit of Rita from Oliver and Company too. Yes, her in terms too. Of, like, her Cause she's got like smart, a poodle haircut. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but she, that's played by Reba McIntyre. Um, she steps on a board with which smacks her in the ass, and she's offended because mm-hmm. of a loose board. Um, okay, I watched a clip this week that made me laugh really hard when Reba McIntyre was on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and she's supposed to be saying he was chewing ice. And that's why I shot him or whatever. It's supposed to be like a Chicago thing. But Reba's accent is so thick. She goes, he was chewing ass. <laughs> and they're like, ice. Ass. <laughs> chewing ice. So that's chewing real, ass. That's not affected? Her... her accent is that thick. Wow. And I just kept laughing. Because that was very early 90s. It's cleared up a lot by now. Okay. Because she was like a nobody actor when she was doing that. But just, I kept hearing her, chewing ass. So something I've been meaning to ask, uh, at what point in Reba McIntyre's career did this movie come out? Was she a husband by then or was she... I think it was while her sitcom was happening. Okay, I didn't know she had it. All about Reba. Ask oh, Reba. That does sound familiar. And his, her Reba husband... Her, like that. Her husband has the dumb blonde new wife and her two kids are annoying... Every sitcom ever. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I think it was while she was doing her sitcom, or shortly after. They laugh a lot. They learn a lot. And a little bit of Jesus. A little bit of country. A little bit. A little bit rock and roll. Um, so, Cash and Dixie are fighting, which, like, the other dog's like, here they go again. Like, Mm -hmm. they clearly do this all the time. They're clearly very much in love with each other, because this is a Disney movie. Um, and Cash is like, the talent scouts are coming from the Grand Old Opry. I'm like, for dogs? Just for anything. It's a pretty small town. True. But the Grand Ole Opry is not little. Grand Ole Opry is, like, actually impressive. Okay, that's fair. Um, and Dixie... Dixie wants it to be, like, Dixie and the Pips. Like, I don't want to be part of the Secret I want it to be, like, Dixie's show. And they're like, no, you're being a diva. We don't like it. Mm-hmm. So the dogs start their song with Lyle Snodgrass, who's the banjo player, mm-hmm. who, despite being essentially the only real member of the band, is barely a character, because he's human. Yeah, all he does is talk to the dogs and then walk away from the dogs. And look for the dogs and talk to the dogs some more. Yeah. Um, so you just start out and you just hear the dogs kind of howling in rhythm and harmony. And the people are like, I would swear they're actually singing. And then they do a like sound effect of mm-hmm. like, they are singing wink wink. And they're in s- dog language. And they're singing this country song about being in perfect harmony. Like a like a bump in a log, like a flea in a dog, like a saddle on a 
or something like, uh, like a bee and a sting. Like some yeah, that just like a lot of really. <laughs> the song is three minutes of things. that. Yeah. Imperfect harmony. Ironically off key. Um, Did you mention that uh, at this point Dixie has been temporarily booted out of the band? Oh yeah, she's not in the band. So right now and she it's, had her diva fit and she walked off. Yeah, it's just Cash, who's Patrick Swayze. He's he's the the artful Dodger dog. He's the charismatic leader. Mm-hmm. Granny, who is a dog, who someone has tried to who has tied a babushka like handkerchief around her head. No real dog would put up with that shit. Um, and two twin dogs who are basset hounds, Waylon and Floyd, and they're like the idiot twins. Yeah, we can talk about their roles in the band. So there's the dumb two dogs that are just dumb. Yeah. There's Cash, who's the smart leader, and Granny is doesn't seem to have any points except for occasionally she makes gross out humor like she'll scratch her butt or burp yeah and she can't really sing yeah like that's constantly like oh granny you can't hit the note she in the band um so she's a straight we have to let her in that's the rules that's the rules um so they're like well wait who's gonna take dixie solo and dixie looks all self-satisfied like who is gonna take my song he's granny will take it which is clearly a joke because granny can't sing so they get to the point in the song where uh granny's supposed to sing and she's off key um, so Todd or Copper just hops on stage and starts singing. Yeah, what's amazing is that they seem to think that Copper is at least passable on singing. Yeah. Um, and later on they ask Todd if he can sing and he like comically sings badly, but they're both as like as actual child actors outside the movie, very bad at singing. Yes. Um, whereas, well, especially when you're up against like, you know, Reed McIntyre yeah. as an accomplished country singer, it's weird. And Patrick Swayze, who does have a singing career. Yeah, Don't and so it's, that. it's strange that, like, you remember Lion King, right? They had oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas yeah. as a kid. They cast him as Simba because he could actually sing, right? Mm-hmm. So why they couldn't find any child actor that could hold a note for a movie that's literally about singing Yeah, because strange to me. I get when, like, you you cast, like, the big name for the recognition. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to cast Jonathan Taylor Thomas because all of our kids love Jonathan Taylor Thomas, mm-hmm. and they'll go see this movie, and they don't really care if he can't sing. But they cast two nobodies who also couldn't sing. Yeah. Were they just the very cheapest kids, or are they like the producers' kids? Probably. Or, yeah. I can make a really awful joke right now, but I'm not going to. Um, can I guess that it would be topical? Yeah. Okay. Harvey Weinstein. Probably all you, yeah. So, he's just being adorable, singing mm-hmm. his little puppy voice out, and the crowd loves it because he's a puppy. Yeah. And Cash is like, "Oh, it's this." He they hate this hokey song, which they can't understand. Mm-hmm. They just love him because he's a puppy, which is true. Uh, so he introduces himself, he introduces the band, and Todd's like, Copper, you're finally good at something. Because the whole first three minutes of the movie was, Copper can't do anything, he's a bad hunter, he can't catch crickets, he trips over his own ears, blah, 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 blah. He's always getting hit by cars. <laughs> if only he would, then this yeah. movie would be over. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you seen Bambi versus Godzilla? <laughs> Is it? what that implies that he would just instantly be killed or? it's literally just bambi frolicking through the woods for about 30 seconds like, do, 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 and then just godzilla foot squish and then six minutes of credits it's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my that life look it up on youtube y'all you'll laugh um so dixie is real mad because this upstart puppy has taken her spot in the band um and she's like you really think this nobody puppy could take my place and cash having an ego is like yeah he just did. Mm-mm-mm. He doesn't sassy dog snap like I just did, but he basically well, he doesn't does. Have thumbs, so no, um, that doesn't seem to stop when he does anything else, though. Um, there's literally a point where Todd's doing something and he has thumbs. I'm like, that fox really? has I thumbs. Miss, I miss that. He like picks up a bowl or something. I'm like, 
you just straight up have thumbs. What the fuck? Um, and he's like, you better not be saying what I think you're saying. Well, you better not be thinking what I think you're saying. Well, I better. Not. And they go back and forth like that for a good four times. Mm, and the rest of the band is a, like. That's a repeating joke, too. Huh? Yeah. And Dixie quits the band. Officially. Um, the talent scout shows up. I straight up, he was Doug Dimmadome. Oh, was he? From Fairly Odd Parents. Like the voice or just the same kind of character? Oh, just the same kind of character. Like, I'm Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. Like, he's just got a giant hat and a Mm -hmm. mustache. And he's greeted by a small Girl Scout named Olivia. And a very precocious Olivia. Yeah. Obnoxiously precocious. Um, that character is almost the exact same, but I can't remember of who. There's just, like, this obnoxious Girl Scout kind of character who's very... Is it the daughter from Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, very similar to that. Where it's like, we're getting our Squirrel Scout badges. Exactly, yeah. I'm actually a hindrance pretending to be an adorable help. Yeah. Um, And meanwhile, the poor talent scout, his only role in this movie seems to be get hurt, but not too bad. No. Um, When I was watching this the second time with one of my roommates, uh, that would be a thing we would count is, uh, oh, somebody got hurt, but not too bad. You subjected your roommate to this. Well, he was just in the area, and he sat down, that was his mistake. He got engrossed. Um, (laughs) You're trapped. Exactly. Um... So, Olivia's only being his tour guide to get more merit badges than Sally Ann. <laughs> merit badges don't exist, y'all. Um, Girl Scout of 13 years, I fucking know. Um, so, Cash is trying to coke Dixie off the bus, and she keeps opening and closing the bus door with her foot until she slams his face in it, mm-hmm. and he's literally just a nose and lips. Yeah, it's a visual gag. Sticking and out of a bus door. And it's not played off as any kind of physical harm. Just like, ha ha, my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so Todd and Copper are riding the carousel. Uh, Copper is barfing continually, which is supposed to be funny. Um, and the whole carousel is so creepy CGI. And they're like sat right on it. Yeah. It's like, this looks wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cash is chasing them around the carousel, talking to them until he hits a trash can. Ha ha. It's comedy. And he's like, Copper, join the band. And he's like, can Todd join? And Todd is like, our imperfect harmony. Which is only slightly better than the other actor. Yeah, the only reason that he didn't get in the band is because at the end he screams and they, someone like falls over or something wacky happens to make it yeah. clear to the children watching that this is what bad singing is. Yeah. Because you didn't have a great example of what good singing was earlier. No. Copper, you don't really I understand don't... why they would put him in the band. But yeah, anyway. I love that nobody says like, no, he's a fox. Fuck him. Yeah. And, they're, and they're he's not, also owned by somebody. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a racial thing. He just he doesn't have the talent. Uh, you know what? Props to them. Like I I fully expected to be like, can Todd join the band? It's like, sorry, dogs only. We don't talk to foxes. Maybe they thought the uh, original covered that. Well, also that just that um, bad singing is funnier to like children. True. Then he's the wrong race. Get out. True. Yeah. True. Would have been a little too deep for this movie. Um. <laughs> So, they're... I can't read my own... My handwriting is chicken scratch. I can't read it sometimes. Um, so, Cash says, you can be part of the entourage. Entourage-y. Mm-hmm. Which he keeps That's saying. entourage It's French for assistant. Um, so, Cash um, comes over to Dixie and he's like, you're fired. She's like, you can't fire me, I already quit. And she is a cat assistant? Yeah, another character that doesn't really need to exist. Nope, her name is Zelda, which we find out in the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really do anything except for be someone that Dixie can talk to. Yeah. But really, she could just have a monologue. 
She'd be like, why can't I ever just tell him how I feel? And she admits that she's sweet on cash. Duh. We could all see it, girl. Mm -hmm. You're pretty transparent. Um, So their manager is feeding them all bones. He introduces the band, even though we've already been introduced to the band before. Um, He asks if Copper is a stray, because only strays can be in the band. Except he owns the dog, so... Okay, that's fair. Okay. They belong to the earth. They belong oh, to each other. Gotcha. And <laughs> feeds them regularly and takes them around from place to place and exploits them for money. They belong to the world. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know me. Okay, that's, that's very true. You don't own me. I can sing that whole song right now. Um, and Todd's like, nope, nope, nobody owns him. Sure is a stray. Sure is. That's why he's hanging out with a fox. What kind of owner would let his dog hang out with a fox? Mm-hmm. No, the lack of collar. <laughs> Look, he has no collar because I pulled it off of him. Ha ha. Um, so Amos and Chief are at the carnival. Chief got fourth place again. And he's so proud of him. Mm-hmm. Hunter in the original movie would have like slapped him in the back of the head and be like, dumb old dog. And this yeah. he's just like, my dog. I love him. Um, the widow guys has her first place pie. Mm-hmm. Um, a milking contest or is that later in the movie? That's later in the movie. Oh, okay. that's, that's a peanut butter bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking peanut butter. We got ways to go. Don't, don't get bogged down. <laughs> oh, the peanut butter. Um, so Todd and Copper are chasing crickets again. They chase crickets a lot in this movie. Um, and he's like, no, he has to come to practice. Todd, while he's practicing, you clean up our water bowls. For some reason, there's roughly six dozen water bowls for these yeah. six dogs. All different, like, shapes and sizes and Colors. materials. Yeah. And they're filthy. I don't know why. And I think Todd literally picks one up with... A full hand with yeah, the thumb. Very strange. It's weird. Um, so Copper and Todd promise no matter how late rehearsal goes, they're going to go see the fireworks at sundown. Fireworks at sundown? Mm-hmm. Fireworks at sundown. Fireworks do you remember? Day. There's I fireworks do. at sundown. Okay. Hey, Todd. I'm going to see pictures of the fireworks every like couple minutes to I see. Me. Are we going to see the fireworks at sundown? Shake on it. Shake on it. <laughs> they mentioned the fireworks a lot, guys. Yeah. Um, and... So then Dixie... So as you can expect, they're going to make the fireworks and it's going to be all good. Yeah. There's no conflict in this movie. They're Otherwise, totally fine. Why would they bother mentioning it? And their friendship is great. So they're singing and they're getting ready to do their first show. And Dixie's like, oh, are you nervous? My trick is always this. And she pulls out a jar of peanut butter. Hey, guys, have you ever seen a dog with peanut butter? It's this sound for three minutes. And the movie just lets you listen to that. Just a dog with peanut butter in its mouth. But it's clearly a person pretending to be a dog with peanut butter in its mouth for three minutes. I mean, it's very funny because the dog is making wacky faces the whole time. And that noise is happening. And the cat is laughing. And the cat is laughing. I thought the cat was actually kind of funny in that scene. She's Her, like, evil laugh and then she falls over. And the, and the cat it's is, like, funny. clearly like a grizzled old woman. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got, like, gray hair and, like, a single pigtail. Mm-hmm. And her name is Zelda, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about her. Um... Yeah, like her voice, like she's been smoking three packs a day, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, she's been hitting the catnip hard. Exactly. Uh, so then Dixie's like, oh no, your cute little puppy didn't show up. Um, well, he's more useless than a flea on dip day. He's more, and they just trade folksy sayings back and forth for mm. a good couple of minutes. And Copper has full peanut butter mouth. Todd's like, one second. And he runs off to the milking contest. Which my roommate, who is from uh, North Dakota... And the Midwest in general, and like has been to this year at uh-huh. fairs, assures me it's not a real thing. They don't have milking contests. Thank you, because I was going to say, is that a contest for the person or for the cow? That's a good question, but if it doesn't exist, then 
whatever you want to believe. It exists purely for this movie. Because the widow wins because she's got the best cow ever. And she f- finishes milking a cow, turns around for maybe three seconds, turns back. The entire cow is gone. I don't know if you guys know this. Cows are not quick-moving animals. Yeah. They're quite slow and loud. So Todd has taken an entire cow, without anyone noticing, from the milking contest over to the Singin' Stray's tour bus and has worked. This is when he has hands because mm-hmm. he milks the cow. Yeah. And he's like, copper, open your mouth. And he just milks and then, oh, milk and peanut butter. He fixes it. He can go sing now. Do you think it's weird that Bessie is, it's the same cow. They, have, they mention her name. Yes. So the same cow was from the first movie. Um, they make that character returning of all the characters they could bring back. Not want to harp with this Big Mama thing. But no, Big Mama back, is a gaping hole in this movie. Yeah, it's for to bring out the cow is so weird. So weird. The cow didn't do anything except for get scared in the first and movie. And kick over a bucket and of milk. Get, and get so milked. I thought that the fox would hate, that the, the, the cow would hate the fox. But I guess like, they're cool now. You scared me. You made me kick over my bucket of milk that one time. Maybe yesterday. We can't tell in the chronology of this movie. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so, he walks off to go to sing in the, with a band, and he's like, this is how it is now. You know, Dixie, you're out of the band. Copper is in. You you try to sabotage him. We don't like you. Uh, so, continually, the talent scout, just in the background of all these scenes, is like, oh, man, I guess that fire eater wasn't that experienced. And he's got, like, a singed mustache. And he's like... Oh man, that flea circus wasn't very professional and he's got fleas. Or like, that snake charmer needs to be a little more charming. He's got a snake wrapped around him. And he's dead. This, <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. Movie over. And then he, the Grand Old Opry sued the entire county and it went bankrupt and closed. There we go. The end. Uh, but he just kind of in the background of all these scenes is getting fucked up by all of these yeah, things. Yeah, hurt, but not too bad. No, he's fine. Yeah. Um, and... So they're like, okay, so there's the talent scout. That's the guy we got to impress. But not with that dumb, hokey song about being in perfect harmony. I've got this hot new song called... Hound Dudes? Hound Dude. Hound Dude. Hound Dude made me want to die. Yeah, like Hound Dude. Hound Dude. It was probably the worst song. <laughs> made me want to die. Okay. Okay. I guess we'll have to agree to disagree because I didn't want to die from Hound Dude. It... <laughs> well, like a dude is a thing in like cowboy country thing like a dude ranch or a dude farm they're not using it in that term they're using it in the 2006 dude term yeah that's true and it so it's like a clear like a fantasy switch where like they're walking the red carpet they're getting all the bones they want they're getting tennis balls there are a couple of hound dudes rolling through hollywood aren't they cool like Pretty much, once once they meet this talent scout, this is everything's gonna happen, and then they're gonna be a couple of hound dudes, which only includes him and Copper. Yeah, fuck the rest one. of the band. Well, that's kind of a recurring theme that he's looking out for number one. Number one. Yeah. Not anybody else, and Copper. Um, and well, even the Copper only so far as he's like trying to convince him to help him out on this. Like, oh, the quest talent to scout. Become, so we see them the like whether he actually cares about Copper at all. Yeah. So we see them. They're like eating hot dogs from carts. They're having kettle corn. They're riding the Ferris wheel, <gasps> watching the fireworks, but he promised Todd they would watch the fireworks. Oh, In no. fact, he explicitly states, oh, I've got to watch the fireworks with Todd, and then... And then the song Cash starts. Is like, nah, we're not going to do that. And then later, this is the next scene, so I think we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Todd asks him, like, hey, what about the fireworks? And Copper's like, oh, I forgot. Except you explicitly stated, I'm going to watch the fireworks. Right before. Oh, no, I guess I'm not. Okay. 
I'm gonna go watch fireworks with my new friend. Immediately before. Yeah. And they've made these fireworks to be out a way bigger deal than they are because literally they walk up there and they're like, oh, fireworks, that might yeah, be cool. Yeah, it's like five CGI fireworks and that's it. <laughs> yeah. They can't afford much. And um, so now Copper is dropping country saying, he's like, I'm sorrier than a frog in a stew or something <laughs> like that. And Todd's like, you're not sorry, you're just a dumb dog, which is like, whoa. Yeah. Don't call him dumb. You can't use that word. That's his word. Um, he wants to hang out with his friend, but he's got to go back to rehearsal. There's a lot of rehearsing in this movie. Um, Dixie is eating dog treats, which Zelda slaps word from her saying, they'll go straight to your hips. Yeah. dogs can't hit that. Um, and she sees Todd being all sad, and she's like, this is how it is now. He's part of the band, and the band's all that matters, and blah, blah, blah. Um, the band manager swaps from a banjo to guitar for this song only. Mm-hmm. And Dixie sings Lonely at the Top. My favorite song is Um I think Reuben McIntyre blows away. Did you like the song, the line, Good Doggy No Bone? I liked it, especially with the very erotic spanking motion <laughs> that she does. Um, this is an extremely sexy song. They say Good Doggy No Bone. I counted 19 times in a row at the end of the song. Well, that's because it's that good of a line. And all the farm animals are singing it. The cow's like, good doggy, no bone. And then the chickens are like, good doggy, no bone. And then there's Big Pig, and he says, good doggy. And the little pig. And the little pig goes, no bone. <laughs> killing, killing it with the visual humor guy. Yeah. And they say, dude, good doggy, no bone, good doggy, no bone, mm-hmm. good doggy, no bone, a lot of times. I might drop in the, I might drop in the audio here. I might. I have to decide. There's more practicing. This movie doesn't know what to do with the pop. They're like, what should we have them do? Have them be practicing. I don't know. We didn't write a script for this. Have them be practicing. <laughs> wait, wait, because um, we have to talk about, in, especially in Good Doggy No Bone, mm-hmm. but it's throughout the movie, um, the sexification of these animals. There's a lot there's of, like... so many sexy animals. There's a lot of very curvy animals. There's a lot of, like, butts being shaked at the camera. Yes. Um, the original didn't have that. Even mm-hmm. Vix, Vixie. Was it Vicky or Vixie? Vixie. Um, she wasn't sexy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. She was like, she was, she was gothic. She was feminine and gothic. <laughs> she really. was gothic. She, uh, she had that hard timber and goth, but she wasn't really erotic in any way. And no. The old Disney movies weren't like Simba wasn't. Although really, within like three um, lines of Vixie being in the movie, she's talking about how many kids they'll have. I'm like, get to business, Vixie. Yeah. Damn. That movie actually, the first one to me turned bad as soon as she got on the screen. Yeah. Because it was, the only thing she ever talked about was, like, wanting to be Todd's boyfriend. Yeah, and, like, and we're going to have kids, and we're going to live in this hole. Mm-hmm. In the original book, real depressing. First of all, he mates with two women. I'm like, scandalous for a children's mm-hmm. book. He has six kits, which are what baby foxes are called. Mm-hmm. Copper hunts and kills all of his kits and fatally wounds both of his mates. I'm like... And Disney was like, let's adapt this into Yeah, I mean, to be fair, in the book, he's got a lot more cause for vengeance. Yes. So when he, like, and Chief dies. Yeah. He purposely lures him out on a train track to get him hit by a train and then, like, looks at, like, Copper, like, like, fuck you. You killed my family. I kill yours. Like, holy shit. And I think the the bear kills Amos. The book is dark. Don't read the book. It's too dark. He wrote it for his kids. Really? Did he hate his children? Yeah. What the hell? Where the Red Fern grows is less depressing. And that book is dark. Um, read where the Red Fern goes, guys. It's really good. Cry. Cry really hard. But it's a really good book. Um, 
sexy animals. Mm-hmm. The pigs are sexy. The chicken, the chickens yeah, shake the their chi- boobs. Yeah, they got, I mean, chicken breasts, but like, breasts. even so, it's just totally out of place for me. And I feel like as cartoons go on and on and on, they've gotten sexier in general. And I don't know if that's intentional or if that's just... Yeah. Because like Zootopia, pretty sexy. To be fair. Okay. Robin Hood was just sexy. And that was like the 1960s. I'm trying to think. There's Maid Mary, but she's not really curvy. She's not curvy, but like the fox who plays Robin Hood is very just like winky. He he is seductive, straight oh, up. Oh, he's like suave. I see what you're saying. He is like uh, every little girl's like he's an animal. I'll take your word for it. I, uh, it. I because I was as like uh, a heterosexual male. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel much for Maid Mary. But how about Nala? No, not at all. None. She was just like. I guess that one but, scene where she's see? on her back and she's like got those bedroom eyes. Every like, guy I know is like, at first it was like, ooh, Nala's making some eyes and I don't know what it means, but I like it. Yeah, it's <laughs> awakening something in me. I gotta, I need a cat. <laughs> Disney creating a generation of furries. Yeah. Um, really good. Man, Zootopia sealed that. Zootopia was just like. The next 20 years are going to get weird. We're leaning into the furry porn skit. Yeah. This movie is going to make a billion dollars and we don't care how. Have you read the Zootopia pro-life comic? I have. I'm a big fan. Someone's finally saying what needs to be said in the Zootopia language. I read a parody of it first. Really? Because I was I was on Tumblr or something, and I saw like a Zootopia comic, mm-hmm. and it was a whole like joke about like I can't believe that you like McDonald's more than Burger King, and it's like it's all of the actual sure. slides, but just with the lines replaced about like Burger King and McDonald's, and I'm like this is an oddly seriously animated kind of funny comic whatever and then i scrolled down another like couple of pages and i get to the original and i'm reading it and i'm like this is somehow even weirder this took a dark turn from the mcdonald's burger king comic because somehow <laughs> in my brain the mcdonald's burger king comic was the original and the pro-life one was the parody can i say i'm really glad i got to be on this um zootopia sexy animal fan cast i know um welcome back to sexy animals i'm your host make a podcast someone out there Guess All what? Those... There already is one. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was uh, her her big single. Her big yeah. song. Reba McIntyre's big song. Good doggy. No, no bone. Um, so Cash is being a perfectionist and everyone's yawning and tired. They're like, we've been singing all night. It's too hard. Um, Copper starts chasing a cricket and Cash nearly steps on him. She's like, yeah. he's like, the fuck you think you're doing? And he's like, I was playing. He's like, no playing. They're playing at the top. On the practice. And they're like, he's just a pup. Come on. Um, and he apologizes quite quickly. It's like, I'm being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and he, he goes looking. Five minute break. Yeah, five minute break. And he goes looking for Dixie. Um, and Copper goes looking for Todd. And he talks to Dixie about when they met. And he's like, I saw you and your eyes were sparkling in the moonlight. And you were beautiful. And she's like, you were a real cute hound, dude. So apparently it's not even something he came up with. Hmm. Taking credit from something a woman came up with. How original. Um, there's a cricket, but, like, Copper and Todd are both too shad to chase the cricket. Like, you know, I can't do it without him. Mm-hmm. I can only do it with him. Um, Amos is looking all over for Copper because he got home and just found an empty collar at the end of a rope. Right. Also, did he leave for the full day without leaving any food for his dog? Well, Maybe he is uh, still dark in this movie, but it's yeah. in more like sudden neglectful ways rather than... Uh, he's know, a dog. He'll a dog. figure it out. He'll catch yeah. a squirrel or something. Or he'll starve. Yeah, he'll toughen him up. Learn, learn to hunger, die trying. <laughs> Dying will toughen him up. Um, 
So he and the widow is looking for Todd. Yeah. And they kind of bump into each other and have this mutual understanding where widow's like, well, I'll keep an eye out for your dog. And Amos is like, well, if I see that fox, I'll let him, I'll let you know. Yeah. Because you've said him to like, I'll shoot him in the fucking face because I hate that fox. But it's yeah. like, we're both people missing our pets. We're going to be cool to each other right now. Right. They, uh, is... they like become friends extremely fast in this movie. Yeah. Whereas missing pets movie... will do that. Yeah. Well, in the last or in the first movie, they're antagonists even up to like the very end where his leg is broken his leg's broken and um she makes like a joke about how once he's back to normal she's she's not sure she's she like once this leg heals i'm gonna go back to hating you or something yeah. like that um yeah. so they go looking for their dogs um he's and todd's great plan is to get amos to come claim copper at the fair because then everyone will know he's not a straight which was dixie's plan yeah Dixie's like, this is how we're gonna break the band up, because if he's not a stray, he can't be in the band. Mm-hmm. Um and Chief is like, we don't need that dumb hound dog. He couldn't catch a cold in winter. Oh. Harsh burn. Um and so Oh no, so Todd is trying to wake Chief up to track Copper, but he can't because so, he can't yeah, get started. Well, this whole scene is also ripped straight from Fox Now One, where he's in the barrel with um Chief. Chief. Except for in Fox Now 1, it was actually scary and it was tense and menacing because Chief is a killer dog. And then he sees his giant glinting teeth. Yeah, and, and this one, he literally can't wake him up and, like, he gets stuck in cuddling with him. Yeah. And he pulls on his eyelid like, you know, cart- like and a Tex Avery like, cartoon. snaps up like a drawstring yeah, exactly. and spins around. Um, and so this one is just a great example of the difference in tonality between Fox Now 1 and 2. Yeah. Like, the first one's you're like, menacing you're and worried. scary. Yeah. And the second one is... You know, Saturday morning wacky cartoon hijinks. You know what this movie reminded me of? You know, like in like like a Dora the Explorer cartoon or like a Blues Clues, like the talk to the audience is like, "Wake the dog up!" Yeah. Can you wake up the dog? Wake up the dog! Yeah. Wake up the dog! They do everything comedic, and I put that loosely, like mm. three or four times. Yeah. Just to make sure you get that, it is funny. Well, is what's what's funny? If he steps on his ear, or if he pulls up his eyelid, or he pulls on his lips, how about all three? Like, yeah. it's it's not cute. Um. So and then when he wakes up, he just bumbles around. He doesn't really like menace. The yeah, Amos at all. nearly shoots Dixie's head off. Oh yeah, because he shoots like through the bush, and then like Dixie like pops her head up. Like I was just standing there. Holy oh, shit! Okay. So yeah, to make it clear that he wasn't actually aiming at Dixie. No, he was aiming he for a bush. He doesn't hurt animals in this movie. He doesn't no. even want to. Hunter, I've never touched a gun in my life. No. Um, is this the scene where he opens the door and his pants are down? Yes. Okay, I wanted to theorize this about why you think that might be. I don't want to know what guys get up to. I'm just saying he just got back from that uh, tawdry uh, meetup with the Widow Tweed. In the dark of night. In the dark of night. And the next thing you see him, his pants are at his ankles, and he's a little cantankerous. Just he, thinking. He needed to take the edge off. I have a fan theory. <laughs> and I'm not going to... Well, I'm saving it for our fan theory podcast spinoff. <laughs> okay. But more, Start to come, more, more to come later. Okay. So, they have finally gotten Amos to chase Copper, to chase Todd, all the way back to the carnival. And it kind of just starts this chain event where Dixie knocks over a thing, which knocks over a thing, which literally, this is like a a very dangerous accident. Dozens of people should be dead. Yeah. An elephant goes charging through a tent. A carousel falls over and people go flying off of it. Mm -hmm. Literally, a Ferris wheel rolls 
off of its like stand and goes rolling through the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ha ha ha. Very wacky. Uh, it like rolls over Dixie and just like picks her up. And she's just rolling on this wheel, like screaming, like, help me. I'm like, this is legitimately dangerous. Yeah. People are dying. And it also, rolls. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Um, the, during the scene where the elephant is uh, unleashed upon the unsuspecting public, there's a brief visual gag where the elephant's naked and it like covers up its like non-existent genitalia. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because even in this really anthropomorphic movie where like the animals are super, you know, human. Uh, no they're all naked. Ever, yeah, they're all naked all the time. Not only that, but they never stand on two legs. No. Uh, not even when they're like dancing or anything like that. They like do like kind of sashay on four legs. They do act so, like like animals. Yeah. In, in that sense. But for this so brief kind of, moment. Just for this one time and this one gag, an elephant is on two legs. Anyway. Ah, it's got like a shower cap on. Yeah, it's yeah. It's real weird. That joke has been actually used multiple times. I think even with an elephant. Yeah. Even another, it might have been in Robin Hood. It was called Dumbo. Was it um, Dumbo? Okay. Oh, I love Dumbo. Thank God there's no sequel to Dumbo. Um, no. So the Ferris wheel goes rolling straight into the barn. Dumbo and Dumber? You know, if I that in, so it actually was perfect timing. You have to make it seem more clever than I actually was. I hate you. Okay, that's fair. That's I fair. hate you. You actually don't have to edit either. All of Garden is stupid. Oh, wow, okay. I don't have to be here for this. <laughs> Spaghetti Factory is better. Who's uh, it from? Is it from? Is it from? Oh, my God. What did I agree to? You're in kind of podcast with a monster. Um... So it rolls right into the performance of the singing strays, and it literally like bumps it so like Cash and Dixie are like nose to nose, and he's like, "What did you do?" Um, and Cash finds out that they did this all on purpose to sabotage the performance. That uh, Copper is not in fact a stray; he's out of the band. He doesn't want to be in the band anymore. He quits the band. The Talent Scout's like, this place is a fucking death trap. I'm on out. Which I'm like, fair, Talent yeah. Scout. Run. You should have run three acts ago. And Olivia's like, y'all have a good time now. Like, literally, there's one part where, like, the carnival is falling apart and a bag of popcorn falls into Olivia's hands and she just, like, eats the popcorn and watches the chaos unfold around her. Yeah. I'm like, Olivia's a little bit of a sociopath. A little bit. Um, I like so, to watch them burn. Yeah, that's kind of a gift material, too, the popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Someone who knows how to make gifts. Make one for me. I only have audio engineers. Thank you, Francis. I don't mean only. You're my hero. Please continue to edit my podcast. Love you. Um, he was the guest on the Mulan pod episode. Oh, I like his work. Yay, Francis! Um, so, so Cash tells Copper to go that they're going home. Uh, that he's going home. That he's fired. Um, Granny, Waylon, and Floyd all quit. They're like, this used to be fun. Now it's just about the show, and I hate it. Um, Todd apologizes to Copper. He didn't mean for all this to happen. Except, yes, he did. This is exactly what he wanted. This carnival is wrecked. People's mm-hmm. livelihoods are ruined. Oh, They're yeah. like, but this, these two dogs are having a real fight. Yeah. They've been fighting for like three hours now. Guys, their friendship, which is maybe a day old, is mm-hmm. ruined. Um... Copper looks at a very sad Dixie and is like, this is all her plan, but I just wanted you back, blah, blah, blah. And Todd's like, we're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Um, the cricket's, like, trying to get them to chase. And, like, there's a part where, like, it's all just, like, very sad music. And, like, like Copper, like, looks into, like, his reflection is like, oh, I'm afraid of my reflection. And, like, Dixie looks into, like, 
the side of a car door and it's like, oh, I can't look at my reflection. Yeah, don't forget it's raining at this point. Oh, yes. Favorite line of the movie. Yeah. Oh, is that your favorite line? You have the same favorite line? No, it's not mine. I'm just... Oh. um, But I had a feeling it might be yours. (laughs) Favorite line of the movie. So literally, like, band's broken up. I hate everyone. Literally thunder cracks and it starts raining. And one of the dumb bass at Hounds looks at the other and goes, Waylon, how come it always starts raining when sad stuff happens? I don't know. It always does. <laughs> Meta! Meta, I love it! Favorite line of the whole movie. Yeah, very fourth wall. Oh, so good. Um, and, like, even the cricket gets a mournful puddle to look into. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this has been real hard on the cricket. He has yeah. no one to chase him. What's the point of living? Uh, crickets have a three-day lifespan. Um, I don't know, actually. Um, so Copper comes to Todd, and he's like, are we still, are we still friends? And he's like, no, you, you fuck this all up. Just kidding. They're totally fine because they're dogs and they're toddlers. And he's like, mm. I've been acting like a real cabbage head. Yep, that's a great line. Um, so Todd has gotten the hat from the talent agent because they were driving down the road at the same time and their cars almost crashed and the hat fell off of the talent scout's head and into the widow's car. As, as it does. There's a very cute shot of a fox wearing a giant cowboy hat that made me laugh. Um, and he's like, Copper, just sniff the hat and then you'll find the talent agent. He's like, but I'm not a good tracking dog. He's like, yes, you are. Now you are somehow. You just have to believe in yourself. It's been because three it's... hours singing, so now you're good at hunting. Yeah, it's been three hours. The plot demands it now. Yeah. Um... So he goes chasing after him. He finds him at a diner, and he starts howling his little head off. And so Todd goes to Dixie and says that Cash is in trouble, and he goes to Cash and says that Dixie is in trouble, and is leading them both to the diner mm-hmm. where the town scout is, and they all make it together there somehow. Yeah, so what's up with that one little scene where there's a breach in the road, there's a fork in the road, and there's just two arrows, one point to the left and one point to the right, and then he kind of... The, the, he couldn't tell which way to go? Yeah, and, like, the fox is sniffing the air? Yeah, so the fox, like, is trying to lead them all together. But he doesn't know where the talent scout agent is either. But it's like, he looks at the fork in the road like, Oh, man, he told me which way to go, and I forgot. And or then, something. I don't know. And then Copper howls. And I'm like, oh, he didn't know which way to go until he heard Copper howl. So then the band takes off down that fork, but then... Todd takes off down the other fork to get cash? Or Dixie? Or Dixie? I... Yeah, it's it's hard to know what... I was being... real confused. Cause it's the... not clear. I had, like I said, I had a roommate. Also, my girlfriend was there, too. And we were all watching this. And yeah. none of us knew what was going on. Yeah. During that one little scene. And, like, if the issue was that, like... I don't know, that Copper could find the thing, but he couldn't howl to alert them. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, this is his, like, he howled, he did it. Mm-hmm. He's always been good at howling. It's literally what this whole movie has been about. Yeah. And he's a good singer. But he's not good at smelling Hunting. things. Yeah. No. But, but now he is. But he got good at it. Somehow. Singing does the great things for your lung capacity. Yes, yeah. Um, and they get them all together, and Dixie's like, I'm really sorry, but I really want to be part of this band. After all, we... We go together like a bump on a log. Like a saddle on a horse, like a burn. And it just leads yeah. into the song, and they all start singing it. Sitting on top of the town agent's cards with a perfect beam of sunlight coming down upon them. Like yep, the yep. heavens themselves, like, these are the ones. Um, the town scout's like, ah, dogs howling at the same time. I'll come out of my empty diner. 
Did you notice that the diner was entirely empty, including no wake staff? Entirely no empty. That's yeah. some Twilight Zone shit. It was very strange. The parking um, lot's also empty. And he's like, yeah, they're gonna, they're coming to the Grand Ole Opry, singing dogs. If I paid money for something and the act was singing dogs, I'd be mad. Yeah, especially since in the human world, at least it's clear they can't actually sing. They just go, row, row, row. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Not in any kind of harmony. Um, so... The manager rolls up and he's like, here's all my dogs, which I've let run rampant through this whole movie, but I was suddenly very distressed because I couldn't find them for these three minutes mm-hmm. because I was under the hood of my bus, fixing the bus, putting the doohickey next to the diddly dad, which was buttoned against the hoo-ha. I can't make this up, guys. Yep. This movie. Um, and so while the talent scout and the manager are discussing business, Cash admits his feelings for Dixie, and he's like, are you saying what I think you're saying? Well, if you're saying what I think you're saying, I might be saying what I think you're saying. I'm mm. saying, I'm saying what you think you're saying. I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, huh, huh, huh. They think this is funny. Well. It's not. It's not. You're not the target audience. I mean, it's for children. I like a lot of Disney movies, okay? Okay. I will watch Finding Nemo and Bambi and Lion King till the cows come home. So you do this podcast and I don't, so you probably know a little more about it. Yeah. What is the, why don't they make sequels? Good sequels. Why don't they make? Why does Disney just like throw their potential into the garbage? Not they have like a whole. They have a whole separate studio, right, for just the VHS direct to VHS. Yes. Um. Essentially, what it is is essentially what I think happened with this movie is they'll come up with a plot to a movie. They're like, hey, what if there was a movie about singing dogs? And they're like, who would go see a singing dog movie? Uh, what if we named that singing dog movie Fox and the Hound Two? But they're old. No. What if we make it? In the middle. Yeah. So essentially, like, they'll come up with an idea okay. or a plot, and it's cute, but rather than putting any kind of effort into it... They don't make an original IP. They, just... they slap it under the label of Cinderella or, you know, oh, the Cinderella sequels are... Except for the third one. The third one's actually quite good. They just were like, what if there was a cute princess story, and we just called it a Cinderella sequel? Mm. And because it has Cinderella under it, hundreds of dozens of people... Hundreds of dozens? Hundreds of dozens. Hundreds of dozens. Hundreds of thousands of people who love Cinderella will be like, I will go see this. Mm-hmm. And also, remember, most of these were coming out in VHS days. Yeah. Pre-internet. So you yeah. couldn't like, oh, I'm to remember. how's Fox and the Hound doing? Oh, the reviews are shit. I won't go see this. You just had a six-year-old we'll going, see it on the Blockbuster Mom, show. Mom, I love Fox and the Hound. Buy Fox and the Hound for it's me. I want Todd it. It's got Todd on the cover. Yeah. So kind of now in this, in this age of the internet... You don't see as many of these shitty direct-to-video sequels. There's, like, the Tinkerbell mm-hmm. sequels, but those come out on TV, and they actually do quite well. Mm-hmm. But kind of this, like, this has nothing to do with anything sequels. They don't really happen that much more. I think because of the advent of things like Netflix and the internet, where it's like, no, I don't want to see it. It sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think- I question that maybe you're just not seeing them because you're because you're not the target audience. You're not looking in the place that, like, say, children do. Do you go to... Like, video rental stores and look in the kids' section? Maybe it's clogged full of... Is there a video rental store open in the year 2017? Okay, maybe they don't exist anymore. Where do kids watch movies? Where do kids... Not not you and me. We go to Netflix. iPads. Okay, so they're on their iPad. So what you should do is, like, find the... You you should open the YouTube Kids app and, like, see what kids are watching. Uh, Creepy pseudo-Elsa porn. Other than Elsa (laughs) porn. I know about that. Elsa gate, people. Google it. It's fucking weird. Right? Um... And literally, the only reason they're doing it is to get views to make money. Like, just make it a weird, or dumb is video. is that the only reason they're doing it? Well, also, or is it a, 
conspiracy. There is a whole conspiracy that they're like grooming children for pedophilia rings. I think that's more likely. Is that like children will normalize sexual behavior? And I love being on this uh, Elsa Gate fan cast. <laughs> you know what? This podcast has tangents. Okay, okay. Get with it. I've only ever seen one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are the one we just published, the, the Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas. From the get, they're like, this is a direct-to-video sequel. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be in a theater. They recorded all the songs with a live orchestra with the live singers. They got the entire original living cast back. Cool. They got freaking Tim Curry to come back as one of the villains. Is it as good as the original? No. Is it a great movie? It's pretty good. I, I genuinely like that one. I genuinely think it's a good movie. If there are dumb elements to it. Sure. And like, the timing doesn't match up. Like, apparently, the night when... Bell gets attacked by the wolves. It's Christmas Eve, and the day when they do da 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 in the yellow dress is the next day, and also Christmas Day. Okay. That's some timeline fuckery. Well, it was a busy night. But it was, but it's a cute movie. Apart from like the timeline fuckery, like we just wanted it to like end with this button of like the song that you guys all love. That's pretty good. They got Brenda Peters in it. They got this timeline fuckery in Fox Now too, too. Because yeah. Because if you think about like how the fact that it took place over twelve hours, not just in terms of all my friendships ruined in the last two hours, but also the fact that they have the whole training montage for the the hound as he like learns to sing and be part of the band and all that. Yeah. Um, and this is all taking place over maybe like this montage might be actually taking place in real time. There's no time lapse at all. Yes, and Fox and the Hound, them being together as friends as kids, is maybe only one or two days. Immediately, the hunter sees his dog playing with his fox. Like, no, we're going to training camp. I'm gonna teach you to learn how to kill. Yeah, and he like takes him away right away. And like winter, have, it's the life cycle of a caterpillar. Those things don't live for years and years. Yeah, it's literally taking place in the. Uh, so I have a fan theory now. Yeah. Um, on the chronology of Fox and the Hound versus Fox and Hound Two, I yes. think Fox and Hound Two is designed to be watched under the assumption that your children are watching this movie because you watch Fox and Hound One, you turn it off halfway through because you know it's gonna happen. Ah. Uh, so fair. So you watch Fox and Hound 1, the Fox and Hound meet, they're like, oh, they're best friends. You turn off the movie. You put in Fox and Hound 2. And you turn off Fox and Hound 2. And you never speak And then your kid's like, this movie's dumb. I would not like to see it anymore. And then Problem then solved. You, yeah, you have to ask, like, well, whatever happened to Fox and Hound? But it seems to be a trend of Disney sequels where they're like, let's make this the humor. Um, I, can't, I want to say anthropomorphic. That's not correct. Um, Juvenile and stupid? Incorrect towards time period. Time period, huh? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Okay, so in Cinderella, which presumably takes place during like 16th century yeah, it seems middle Dutch kind of thing. There's a Ferris wheel. Is there? Yeah. In the original one? No, oh, in, the okay. Okay. in the I've sequel. In the sequel. And like in Mulan too, like it's kind of that like genie humor where like they make references to things that haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Which like in Aladdin, it's funny because he's a cosmic being and blah blah blah. But it's like Mulan too. It's like we're all in the King Dynasty. And you're making references to Elvis. Mm. Yeah, that Why? Me out of it. And like, it only seems to happen in the Disney sequels where it's, like, it's lazy humor, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, this thing will be funny. That doesn't make sense to the time period. We don't care. Yeah. And what's really embarrassing is the fact that they probably wrote those in for the adults watching it. Yes. Because the kids aren't going to ca- catch like an Elvis reference. They're not going to catch no. like a Richard Nixon reference like Jeannie would make. Yeah. So, and it's like, I don't actually appreciate that as an adult or someone no. who's posing as one. It's like, And it almost seems like Disney has realized that adults are just straight up watching cartoons now. Not like for their kids. Not mm-hmm. with, like Zootopia felt like it was much more for adults than for children. Yeah. There were I mean, a Zootopia lot more jokes a good movie that were, Zootopia was a great movie. I yeah. love Zootopia. 
But, like, a lot of the jokes and a lot of the references, like, what kid is going to know The Godfather? Mm-hmm. There's a whole Godfather sequence. And, like, there's a lot of, like, references to, like, really old movies, like, more, like, at a higher density mm-hmm. than I think I've seen in previous movies. Where it's like, Ugh. I think that all started with Shrek. That's my theory. Well, Shrek, is, oh, yeah, that started the whole thing. Yeah. True. But, I mean, like, Toy Story 3, it's like, if I was a seven-year-old, it's like, childhood ends when you go to college and you can't take those things with you. It's like, I'm six? Um, I'm not quite ready for that. Like, that movie seemed for the 25-year-olds who saw the originals when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Like, that sequel seemed very much built for the adults who grew up with the franchise. Yeah. And I wonder if The Incredibles will do the same. But The Incredibles isn't doing the time jump forward. I, I haven't really followed The Incredibles. Uh, uh, the sequel's coming out in June or July okay. of... Next year, 2018, and it, like, takes place immediately, like, like, you know, like, the first one ends with, like, they're about to, like, fight, like, the Underminer or whatever? The second just starts with them fighting the Underminer. It's not, like, ten years later. I'm like, interesting move. Um, we got really off topic. Um, Disney sequels. Why? Um, (laughs) and so Todd and Copper decide that they can indeed be friends again. Mm Mm-hmm. But only for the next couple days because they will be killing each other shortly. Yeah. Um, trying to. Um, they're like, he's like, I, he's like, you're not gonna go with the band. He goes, are you kidding me? How I gotta I... go learn to kill. There's. <laughs> and Todd's like, yeah, I gotta get my dick wet. <laughs> I gotta okay, go meet see... Gothic Fox in yeah, the woods. See you here. Bye. Did you check any, did you anything ominous about the way he said "see you later"? <laughs> No, because they've got crickets to change. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all whimsy. Uh, I forget about the whimsy. Okay. And they, you know what they do? They shake on it. They shake they on it. I actually wrote that one down. Yeah, final shake on it. Oh. And then it's like the combination, like, closing credits, final animation mm-hmm. of, like, um, the singing strays are at the Grand Ole Opry, um, Amos and the Widow are baking a pie together. I'm yeah. Like, a little bit of ghost going think, on right here. Yeah, that's... And does that picture too easy, so... Just both hands in the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Todd and Copper are chasing crickets all over. But then the cricket rounds a corner and there's like 5,000 crickets. Right. 5,000 very creepy CGI animated crickets. And like the crickets seem to have been having fun with this this whole time. Like, That's because he knew this his day of reckoning was coming. Like this cricket isn't like the caterpillar in the first movie. He's like, they're going to fucking eat me. Yeah. Like he's like, are you going to play? Are we playing? Are we chasing? And this is just like... Shake them, and there's just like a thousand crickets coming. That's the point. In, in the first movie, it's very clear that the cricket or that the worm does not enjoy this. No, because not only does he, you know, try to get away as much as he can. When he gets the opportunity to go in the house for the winter and stay there, he does that. He doesn't yeah. come out until he's like forced out by the old. Yeah, he's not like, oh my bird friends, I want to come say hi. Yeah, no, he wants he's to sit inside and mark it in. Yeah, which and, is legit. And then it just starts another compounding like physical comedy, physical comedy, physical comedy, mm-hmm. to the point where literally they pan out and like. It's a single shot in which Chief is tripping on apples, the widow is chasing Amos around with a pie, and Fox and the fox and the hound are shaking on it. Like, all in one shot. Like, do you remember all of these physical jokes? And the movie goes black. And I'm like, sweet relief. Death has come. Um, This is the kind of movie that was designed to have the tagline from a shitty reviewer from some nobody paper on mm -hmm. the back that just says, uh, dot, 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 great fun, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) No, so. it's dot 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 great dot 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 fun dot 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 no it's dot 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 movie a movie dot 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 I watched it 
It sure was. <laughs> so that's it. That's Yay. that's the non-ending. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch it again. Fox um, and the Hound two. No. Was there a Fox and Hound three or anything like that? No. Okay. Well, if there, if one comes out, I'll come back on your show. But if not, um, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Deal. You'll never see me again. Um, okay. So we are gonna talk about our favorite quotes from the original oh. and the sequel. Okay. So I cheat a little bit because I think songs count as quotes. Sure. So in the original. I'm, I'm straight up. My favorite line is, I'm a hound dog. I'm a fox. My name's Todd. What's your name, kid? Mine's Copper. I'm a hound dog. Gee, the way he says it is yeah. so adorable. And then the song Best of Friends. And, and his little howl's like, ooh. Oh, ooh, ooh yeah. It's so cute. And then and just. The second, second movie did not nail that. No. Uh, the cute howl. They tried. Just, just they tried steal hard. the audio from the first one and put it in the second. Be, and I bet fans would like that too. They'd think, like, oh, that's a cool little throwback. They would. They wouldn't think this is a shitty impression of my good movie. Um, and then the sequel, I already said it is the. Why is it always rain? Things go wrong. I don't know. And uh, just good doggy, no bone. Like 19 times. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna drop that right here for you all right now. It's all a good doggy. It's all a good doggy. watching the, the video footage and getting the sexy animals you're really missing out on a I big mean, part of the movie pull it up on youtube mm -hmm. get it's some actually tissue. it is on youtube i looked for it because i wanted to see if i could bring a clip but then i saw that it's a uh, audio get some tissues and lotion and get ready for some sexy animals yes yeah. okay like a three minute clip so it's the perfect length it'll be fine <laughs> we'll finish just as it yeah um one of your favorite lines from the original um it was a big mama line and um Todd is asking if they're going to be friends forever. You will never change. I hope you're right, Todd. And we'll keep on being friends forever. Uh, won't we, Big Mama? Darling, forever is a long, long time. And time has a way of changing things. Oh. Um, She's so earnest and real. Yeah, she is. It's... Because it's an earnest and real movie. It's about yeah. like troubling issues, and it doesn't always have a happy ending. And yeah. Even if things go okay, they don't go perfect. Yeah. Um, oh. My favorite line from the second movie is uh, Copper trying to hunt and is failing, and he goes, oh, I messed up. I messed up again. 
it almost <laughs> sounds like they wanted to make it his catchphrase, but they forgot to put it back up, that, back in the movie again. Because he just says, oh, I messed up. And, like, the camera's, like, on him. Like, oh, that's the joke. But he never says it again, so I thought that was really funny. But they what forgot if it was make... just the actor in the studio <laughs> reading the script of the movie? Just went, oh, I messed up. And then the animators look at each other like, yeah, we did too. We're, we're all here for the paycheck, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're, this is uh, a huge mistake of a movie. Yeah. So really quick, just to wrap it up. So if any of you guys choose to watch this, mm-hmm. don't. It's so bad. Um, yeah, watch the first one. And even that one's not great. No. It's not like a, it's not a fantastic movie, but it is good. It is good. The animation is great. Um, yeah. So we do a drinking game, essentially. So we'll come up with rules back and forth. So in the sequel, drink every time they shake on it. Okay. Um, that's a good question. In the sequel, drink every time someone gets hurt, but not too bad. Drink every time... Um, a visual gag is repeated more than once just to make sure that you laughed. Um, let's see. I didn't know this part of the uh, podcast was coming. I spring it on people. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, I have a great time. <laughs> Are you stressed? Are a little stressed? bit. No, no, I'll stressed? figure it out. I'll figure it out. You have to give me a second. You might have to edit this uh, humming and hawing out. I, know, um, I, I issue a lot of silence out. I'm good. That's all right. Oh, drink every time. Drink every time someone deliberately hurts someone else. Yeah, either physically or emotionally. Now, in the, and in the original, I'm going to double up. In the original, drink every time someone legitimately tries to kill something else. Yeah, whole second half of the movie, you'll just be drinking. And yeah, in the first and the second movie, you won't ever drink. No. And there's a lot of just like, slaps. Well, emotionally hurt, you'll sure, drink a lot in the second. Sure, sure, He tried to ruin his dreams. Yeah. Um, drink in the sequel every time... Hmm. Now I put myself on the spot. I know this is coming and I don't prepare because I like to be in the same spot as my guest. Drink every time the hot mic accidentally picks up Jeff Fox for the asking first check. <laughs> uh, drink every time they trade folky, folksy colloquialisms. Colloquialisms? Oh, wow. Colloquialisms. I'm an English major, guys. Yeah, any I sort can... of simile, you're going to die. Yeah. The entire song, in perfect harmony, you'll just be waterfalling. Um... Let's see, in the original one, you could drink every time that there's a long, slow panning shot of the environment without anything really happening. Again, you'll be drinking a fair amount you'll of You'll be movie. drinking a lot, um, but you'll be appreciating the art, and that, to me, is what classic animation is really about. Yes, and as always, our final rule, drink every time you just want to turn the movie off. <laughs> and then do, because you're not doing this podcast, and yeah. you can stop! Yeah, and you're only two minutes in, so you might as well. <laughs> You've watched the opening 30 seconds. You're, it's over for you. Yeah, you've already seen the CGI. You've already seen the, the garish colors. You've seen everything there is to see. Yep. All right, guys. That was the Stupid Sequels podcast. Uh, I'm plotting out movies for next year, but people's schedules are nuts. There is a bring it on coming. I promise. I promise. Scheduling is just very tricky. Um, she will bring it on again. I will bring it on again. I will bring it on in it to win it. I will fight to the finish. And worldwide cheer smack. Are you gonna do like five episodes in a row, or is this gonna be like no, 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 one episode? Okay. Um, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Tumblr. Check us out on Reddit. Chelsea has an issue with social media and has is paranoid about people taking her screen name on different platforms. So it's just creating one everywhere. Literally, if you're our first subscriber on Reddit, you can be the admin. I will make you the admin. Wow. 
I mean, you'll be a partial admin because I'll be winning too. Um, all right. That was the Stupid Sequels podcast. Uh, like, follow, join, subscribe, all the things. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Stupid Sequels podcast. Please subscribe and review so everyone can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at StupidSequels2 or email us at stupidsequelspodcast at gmail.com. Every episode is made possible by our sound engineer, Francis Gacod. Our logo was designed by Nicole Wiseman at Wiseshots. And you can find me online at Callie Blair on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. And remember, even though these movies are stupid, deep down, we really love them.